Thank you, Father. We thank you for your word, the Bible. We thank you for the inspiration of the scriptures. And we just thank you for Dee, Lord, as she shares with us this morning. We thank you, Father, for just your enabling grace and power for Dee, Lord. Let us hear that which you would speak to us through her in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Dee. Thanks, Selwyn. Uh, bring it back. Bring it back. Woof. Bring it back. <laughs> I've got to put my stuff somewhere. I'm glad I'm not the only one who needs this thing. <laughs> My memory's not quite that good. Now, I've just got to work out, what do I do, Laura? Press the... No! That one! <laughs> okay, now we can start now. I've got it all together. I dressed myself the first time for the first time today. Someone didn't have to put the thing on. <laughs> So a new year, Rach, I'm sure you didn't know it, but that song that mentioned Father, Son and Holy Spirit, absolutely perfect. And it was an encouragement to me because I thought, right, I'm on the right track. At a new year, nearly a few more days. I wonder what the old year's been like for you all. I bet it's had some... Really yucky times and some really fantastic times for all of us. We just, we have hiccups, don't we, in our lives. Things are going well and then, boom. But New Year. Now, I seem to get the sermon closest to New Year every year. But this time, I'm going on a different tack entirely. Usually I encourage you, don't take up too much and listen to God as to what you want to do and all of that. But I'm going totally different this time. And this time I want to talk about taking a step. And I just looked at that picture and I thought, yeah, that's one big step. And where's he reaching for? <laughs> I'm not too sure what she said. I think she said a pigeon. <laughs> well... <laughs> Don't think it was a pigeon. But I want to tell you a little bit about, I guess this morning in my sermon is a little bit of my journey and I'm hoping you can equate with it because I want to challenge us by the end that we would all take some sort of a step, whether it be little tiny or a great big one. And I don't like taking steps particularly. I like my comfort zone. But three weeks before Christmas, Marilyn and I were invited to go with another church to do some street ministry. And when Marilyn mentioned this to me, it was just like something jumped and I thought, I want to do that. I really want to do that. So I said, yes, fine. That night I thought, what a stupid thing to do. Now you're in trouble. What have you got yourself into? And I had the most horrendous nightmare that night. It was awful. <laughs> so, of course, next morning I get up and thinking, what am I going to do? But just a little bit of me still wanted to do it. And I thought, well, yep, I'll do it. But I was petrified all that week. I was scared. And I kept saying to God, scared? 
scared and just asking for his help. The morning came and I have to say I was scared but just that little bit of excitement as well was in me. We got to the place where we were meeting after I'd lost us. I was even more scared then that they were all going without us. And we were teamed up with the most beautiful lady called Sarah. And Sarah said to us, well, I think we'll go to the hospital and we'll go around the roads of the hospital. And I thought, phew, let's go to vulnerable people. I can cope with that. I was so scared we'd go to the shopping mall where everyone's trying to do their Christmas shopping. They're not wanting to be stopped. And I thought, I can't handle it. But God's good, isn't he? He took us to the hospital. And we got there and immediately outside the hospital along the road, there was different groups of people, some sitting on seats, some just having a smoke, some staff that were sitting there. We got rid of them very quickly. <laughs> they didn't want to talk to us. <laughs> but I can't get over how amazing God is, how gracious he is. Because I think Marilyn was scared too. She never looked scared. But anyway, we saw, first off, we saw this man in a wheelchair, no legs. Well, I certainly wasn't going to pray for him to get legs again. There was no way. But he was willing to be prayed for, which was, to me, was amazing, just that. We said, look, can we pray for you? And he said, yes, sure. And Marilyn led him in a sinner's prayer. Now, I don't know what's happened after that. And I have to admit, that was one of my fears, that fine, if you lead someone to the Lord, but where's your follow-up? What are you going to do? That was a bit of my concern doing street ministry. But again, God came through, especially in that area for me. I, um, we went into the hospital and just chatted with a um, few of the staff there and I went and sat down next to a lady and asked her what she was there for. She said, I'm being admitted. And I said, oh, can I pray for you? No, my mum's got that covered, thank you. So I thought, right, okay. <laughs> anyway, later a, a lady came and she was, had a, a walker and she was trying to make a phone call. Well, Sarah, who was with us, immediately went up and helped her to make the phone call, called the taxi and I thought, well, yeah, I can do that. I can help people in that way. Let's be practical here. But I've got to cut this short or we'll be here all morning. Um, I saw a man go out with this huge bag and just go outside and then didn't take much notice. Later on, I saw him sitting out there on a seat with his bag. And I said to the others, I'm going to go and talk to that man. And I always feel I'm not good one-on-one. -on -one. I can talk to a group like this without a real problem. But one-on-one, -on -one, I find it difficult. Anyway, marched out, went and sat with that man. Sat down, said who I was. I didn't tell him we were street ministry or witnessing. I just said, hello, what are you doing here? And it was like God just took over. I just asked him, he, had he, did he have someone's washing? And he said, no, I've just been discharged. I've been in hospital for two weeks and told me what he had been in there for. And 
I don't know why I said this. So, and I just said, have you got somewhere to go now? And he said, nope. Going to my mum's for two days, then I don't know what. Got an interview with someone to see if they can get me a place on Monday. And I thought, whoa. This is just what I didn't want. Anyway, I said to him, look, can I pray with you? And he said, yeah, sure you can. And so we did that and then I felt to call the others over because they'd just left me alone, which was good. And I called them over and I told them what the man's dilemma was, that he had no housing and all. And they prayed again, but then they got Sarah and this man got talking and it turned out that a man at their church knew he knew this man. And I thought, great. And I said, well, can we get this person to follow him up? She said, sure, I can give him a ring. Well, long story short, it ended up that he knew two people in the church. They were very willing to follow him up. He didn't want to give his heart to the Lord, but he was very glad to have people who would follow him up and care for him. And I really felt, how good is God? He's answered my fear of saying, I've got people here, I'm backing you up, they'll look after this man. And it was just a God-given gift, the whole thing. We spoke to other people too, and it was amazing. I'm not going into that bit, but that was truly amazing. But then when I came home, I thought, well, what's my next step? This is all right. This is okay. I've done this once. What do I want? And I thought, I know what I want. This has taken me right back to New Guinea where my happiest times were talking to the people about Jesus, praying for them. I want this. And I thought, I'm going to go and I'm going... They, apparently they do it every fortnight. And I'm going to go and I'm going to learn. And I'm going to learn how to go to people and talk with them, how to pray with them with some depth. I want this. And I thought, and I want to do it in Colac. Now, that might be a long way down the track. I don't know. And I thought, I want this. So what do I do next okay I can go of a Saturday and do this with them but do I really want to do this Saturdays I work all week Saturdays are precious do I want to do this yes and no do I want to step out of my comfort zone uh uh this could take a lot of my time do I want this nope there was a lot of no's in my conversation with myself. I don't, I do, but I don't. Do I want to take a step? I finally came to the conclusion that I think I do. So God's going to have to work on me a little better. But I did some reading as well. And I don't know if you can read that or not. But this is what I read about stepping out of our comfort zone. It says, we can stay in the comfort zone and fail to accomplish the whole mission the Lord has given us. Now that really spoke to me. 
Do I really want to miss out on what God's got for me? Do I want to stay where I am, doing my normal things, or do I want to do, have some excitement in my life? I'm getting older, I need all the excitement I can get. <laughs> so it says we can get so wrapped up in our own good activities, church, family, sports, Bible studies and useful things, and yet we can forget the mission to make disciples or to help others know and follow Jesus. And it says God's mission is more important than our comfort. And I thought, well, yep, that's speaking to me. Saturdays can be converted into another day. I can do this. And so that is my part of my step this year. And it turned out that it's only a little bit of this step I want to take, which is even more scary. My legs are shaking thinking. But, yeah, do I want to miss what God has for me? And the answer is no, I don't. The other thing I was thinking, yes, this is really good. Yes, I can take the comfort zone. That does not mean I stop doing the other things God's called me to. That doesn't mean I throw everything out. If God tells you to take a step, it doesn't mean ignore your wife or your husband and go off and do your own thing. doesn't mean forget your children. They're... they're God's given gift to you, your husband, your wife, your children, they're the most precious things in your life besides Jesus. So I'm not saying throw it all out, forget it all. Ask God what he wants you to do and I know he's not going to say forget those other things. I'm not going to jump out of Sunday school, Sue, it's okay. <laughs> if God wants me to do this, he'll make the time. So, what now? All right, I've decided sort of what I want to do. I'm a bit frightened that you're all going to ask me how it's going and am I doing it in case I don't. But I've thought what I would like to do. So what's the next thing? And that leads me to another thought of something we've been talking about in our Monday prayer things. We don't always pray, we have some talks too. And we'd been talking about knowing Jesus, knowing the Father and knowing the Spirit. And I said, yeah, I really do know Jesus. Not as much as I'd like to. It's still not in there. It's more in here still. I want and I do want it so much more in there. But then we started to talk about the Holy Spirit. And I thought, I don't really know him at all. I don't really know the Holy Spirit at all. So the more I thought about it, I thought, yeah, he's not, I know he's the power source. But do I talk to him? I thought, hang on a minute. If I talk to him, I'm not talking to Jesus. Where does that leave me? I have funny thoughts going through my head, but that was where I, what I was thinking. 
And I thought, now hang on a minute. The Bible says the Holy Spirit will always point us back to Jesus. And I thought, fine, that's okay. Got through that question. But I don't know him. And so, of course, you can see the next step. What do I do now? How do I do this? What am I going to do? Now, I feel that what I've got to say next, you've all heard a dozen times. But too bad. You'll have to listen again because I need to speak it out for myself as much as you. So, my first question again was for myself, who is the Holy Spirit? And, yeah, I knew this one and I know that you do too, but the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God the Father and the Spirit of God the Son. He is the power of the Godhead, the power of the Trinity. And I thought, well, yeah... I know that. But what's next? Don't know that you can read that, but this bit really helped me more than anything I'd read before. It says, to understand the role of the Holy Spirit... We need to understand the work of the Father and the Son. God the Father is the one who gives the command. He always has been. He's the one who said, let there be light. Let there be the sun and moon in the stars. He says, let there be. On the other hand, God the Son performs the commands of the Father. Now, as I read that, I didn't quite understand what they meant. It says, when God the Father said, let there be light, God the same Son came and performed it. And that I didn't quite get. Then God the Holy Spirit brought the light. But then they gave me an illustration which was better than I'd heard before. I've always, when I've been talking to children, I've talked about the Holy Spirit ice, steam, water, that sort of thing. But even for me, it's never really, I haven't understood it. But I reckon, yeah, you're listening, Selena, which is lovely. You might get this. It's like if I say to Sam, Sam, do you mind if I use you? Sam, I'm giving the command. Sam, would you mind putting the light on? Sam goes, turns the switch on. But did she turn the light, actual light on? What else did she need? She needed the power. She needed the electricity to activate what she performed. So God gives the command. Jesus does the action, I guess. And the Holy Spirit just comes through with his power and does it. Now, as I said, you probably all know that. I'm pretty slow, but I really got it this time. And I thought, yeah, I really, really, I think I understand. 
And I was thinking after that, I thought, what about the disciples? After Jesus ascended into heaven, we all know they're sitting in the um, upper room. They're praying. They're all praying. They knew Jesus really well. They've been in with him for three years, learning, listening, seeing how he acts. They knew how much he loved them. But really, they knew nothing about the Holy Spirit. They knew what Jesus had said with his words. But they, I don't think at that stage they actually knew him. So how did they get to know him? What was the next thing? Well, we know that the Holy Spirit came upon them at Pentecost. And they were different. And I think they were different so quickly. Well, obviously, they had a huge job to do, the beginning of the church. But I think they knew Jesus so well, knew his power, that they came into immediate relationship with the Holy Spirit. Now, that's just my thinking, possibly totally theologically incorrect. And if it is, I don't want to know. <laughs> But let's look at the Holy Spirit, what he does. John 16, 13 to 14. If you want, get your Bibles out and have a look for yourself. I have to admit, I always find it difficult to have different translation in my Bible to what's on the screen. But it says, But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He'll only speak what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come now this is jesus speaking to the disciples so he's saying look the holy spirit's going to teach you the truth you don't need to worry about it and he's not just telling you his thoughts he's telling you what i am telling him he'll only speak to you what he hears and he will tell you what is to come and then Jesus says, he will glorify me. So again, that wiped out my question of, of talking to the Holy Spirit instead of Jesus. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what will make known to you. What he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. So we had no worry that Jesus, the Holy Spirit, are in one accord. And we know from time and time and again, Jesus said, I can't do anything unless the Father tells me. I can't. So one accord, working together beautifully. The Spirit will teach us Let's look at the next one. John 14, 25 to 27. Again, Jesus speaking. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all the things I said to you. 
He will bring to our memory, which we all need, the things we've read in the Word. God's Word, he will, if we've read it, looked at it, he will, Holy Spirit will bring it all back to our memory when we need it. I know quite often I'll get up here and there'll just be a verse will pop into my mind and I might say it because I know, I believe it's the Holy Spirit just bringing it back saying, Luke, you sat here and bring to your remembrance all the things I said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Now here's a totally untheological thought. <laughs> I was thinking, if he's talking about the Holy Spirit, does he mean that the Holy Spirit is also peace? If the Holy Spirit is in us, and he says, I'm leaving you the Holy Spirit, I'm giving you my peace, is that not the Holy Spirit as well? If we know the Holy Spirit and are talking to him and are relating to him in a a close relationship, will we have more peace in our lives? That's just a question you can think on. Then he goes on to say, peace I give to you, not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. That's our job, let not your heart be troubled. That's our job throwing it all back to God. And the last one, Romans 8:26. The spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. The Spirit himself will intercede for us. Just as it says Jesus is at the throne of mercy and he intercedes for us. The Spirit intercedes for us. I do believe the more we use our gift of tongues, the closer we come to the Holy Spirit. The, the more able we are to hear him, now, I have to admit, I'm not good at doing two things at once. One thing I read was that you can read a book and talk to the Holy Spirit at the same time. I can't do it. I've tried. My brain just will not do it. I've found I, if I'm at work and concentrating, I can't do the both. Maybe some of you can, but what I do know is when I'm just home cleaning or gardening, Nothing stopping me, talking to the Spirit more and more and more. And that comes to the last question. How do I get to know him more? We've talked about him, some of what he does, who he is. But what, how do I do it? What do I do? And I've read different books, none of them are very clear on it. So the only thing I can think of is talk to him. Speak in tongues, ask him to translate so that I can pray in tongues and pray with my mind. 
I know he does that. You can be praying in tongues and he'll bring all sorts of things to your mind to pray. Talk to him as much as I can. Ask him to open my ears to hear. We have so much going on in our heads, it's hard to differentiate quite often. Again, I find it hard. But it is. He's so, I think the Holy Spirit is so gentlemanly, so, that it's such a quiet voice, so still. He's not going to interrupt me. He's not going to say, just stop there and listen. I wish he would. You know, big loud voice. Sometimes, I mean, I'm sure in all our lives we've heard him very clearly at times. I know I have. But mostly it is so quiet. I don't know if it's me or him. But I believe that if I keep saying, teach me to hear your voice, to know your voice, then I will do it better. But I have to give him time. The thing we don't have time and might have to stop reading so much don't know but that would be very sacrificial if I did I don't know I keep having these great things yes I'll only read at night I won't read at lunchtime I'll read the Bible at lunchtime no look I'll just read the Bible in the I'm great with good thinkings yeah none of them that seem to follow through. The other thing we can do is ask him to reveal himself to us. I believe the Holy Spirit loves us as much as God the Father, God the Son. And you'd say, of course he does, he's a trinity. But then he's also a separate individual which you don't understand. Did you know twice in the Bible... It says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Not once does it say, do not grieve God the Father. Not once does it say, do not grieve God the Son. And instead it says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. And how do we grieve him? By ignoring him totally. So this year, the conclusion is, Are you game to take a step this year? Or do you want to stay where you are? And do you want to be like the church in Revelation, where God said, I'd rather you were hot or cold. I spit you out of my mouth because you're just nothing. You're not hot. You're not cold. I'd rather you be cold than sit on the fence and be comfortable. And I don't want to be like that. But more than that, I don't want to miss out on what God's got for me. Who knows what I I might do. I might do nothing. He might just say, look, your job is doing exactly what you're doing. But I do believe he's still telling me to take a step to get to know the Holy Spirit better. The steps he might suggest to you might, as I said before, might be enormous, might be tiny. But ask him what step he wants you to take today. Don't just sit in your comfort zone. And if you fail, 
that's better than doing nothing. Pick yourself up and keep going. I feel sure I'm going to fail in this, getting to know the Holy Spirit over and over and over and over again. You can ask me next year if I managed. Hopefully there'll be a difference in me that you might see if I do it. And if you don't see anything, you know I failed. So you can encourage me some more. But I'm encouraging you today, take that little step and see where we all go. Imagine if the whole church took a little step. How many people do you reckon's here today? At least a hundred. So a hundred times that much. Wow! The church could be dynamic. Let's pray. Father, I do pray for each one of us that you would speak to us, that you'd help us to get to know the Holy Spirit personally, that you'd help us to take that step out of our comfort zone, that you would make us alive for you, that in all we do, we would glorify you with our voice, with our actions, with everything. This day, Lord, we commit ourselves afresh to you for this new year. And we praise and thank you, Father, for all that you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, worship team.